Hi there, this is Alex from Cold Turkey Podcast. Um, this week I'm meeting with Jason. Jason is from the UK and at a very young age, he was, uh, he was actually um, kind of deep in trouble and overcame all of this and now works in therapy. He, he works on, you know, like helping other folks that went through uh, pretty much the same path or similar path that he, as he did. It was, uh, it was an amazing conversation I had with Jason. Um, quick reminder, uh, there's the Facebook page, which is mostly in French, but you know, like I tend to try to put more and more English content in there. Uh, there's the podcast called turkey at gmail.com which you can write me a note and i encourage you to actually share the page share the anchor website um, hosting page for my podcast as well i give it you know give the podcast a review either you know like a star system or a thumbs up or whatever the platform you're listening to spotify itunes or whatever give it a review you know i give it a quick note a comment and uh this actually helps me in the ranking of the podcast and without uh without further ado i introduce you to jason enjoy Hi Jason, how you doing? Hey, good. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing great. Where are you located? I know that you, you, you know, we had uh, some some challenges for uh, time, uh, you know, time zones. Where are you yeah. located? I, I'm in the uh, northwest of the UK, so I'm kind of like halfway in between Manchester and Liverpool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so. As I do with every episode, I'm, I'm going to ask you to just like go way back in time, you know, like maybe draw me a picture of, you know, like what's your first, either you being witness of some substance abuse or substance use or yeah. your own uh, substance uh, first interaction. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, like throughout time, I have some memories that are really vivid, you know, and that's one of them, you know, like the very first time I used. and strangely you know like well i'd struggled with a lot of stuff you know in my life and and um mental health issues you know psychiatric stuff and um you know my feelings about life my weight all sorts of stuff you know and i, and I certainly abused food long before drugs so like you know i had a pretty painful experience of life and, and i can remember um i mean heroin was my first drug and it was not because of any other reason than like, I just ended up in a place where someone was taking it, you know? And it was like, I was only like 14 at the time. And, um, and, you know, as I said, my life had been a struggle, you know? So it's kind of like, I can remember the first time, the first time using drugs and I thought, oh my God, you know, it's kind of like, I feel peaceful for the first time. It's like, I feel like, this is what I've been searching for my whole life. Like, this is the answer to every question I've ever had. It was like, you know, like it just relieved me from that pain and that struggle and that separation and isolation from life. And, and it was like, all of a sudden the, you know, what I call the committee, you know, my head w was quiet, you know, it was, it was a sense of peace that I had a sense of escape. So, you know, I always talk about drugs. They were the solution, you know, to the problem, not not the problem. So, you know, that was it when I found that. And I remember someone saying to me, look at you, you're addicted already. The very first time, you know, that I used drugs. Wow. Did, did Jason, if I rewind a bit of your life tape, um, 
Yeah. What was, you know, like, what was your youth and, you know, like the, the you, you know, pretty much, you know, like the, like the parents environment, uh, you know, like the, the, the siblings, uh, the fraternity, you know, like, what was yeah. it like? It was, it was, it was, um, painful for me. You know, my, uh, when my first memory, another one of those vivid memories was, was probably my first memory. And that was the police showing up at the door, you know, to say that my dad had been killed in an accident when I was, when I was really young, I was only five. And, um, you know, and, and, and then going from there, it just got progressively, um, you know, worse. Um, food was my first drug, you know, my first escape, not consciously, but like out of my conscious awareness, you know, it was like food became my friend, my sense of comfort, you know, and I, and I gained weight from, from that time when I lost my dad to, um, you know, right through to, you know, into, into my recovery from addiction, you know, it was, it was a battle for my, for my life. Um, but yeah, so, so my childhood was, are we still there? Yeah, yeah, we're there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. So my childhood, um, you know, was painful and, uh, you know, I always felt out of place sort of, you know, I, crazy that I felt, di thought I felt different to other people, but I didn't really have anything to contrast that off. You know, it was just my experience. Um, so I was very isolated and my family sort of, um, sent me to psychiatric units. I got put on antidepressants when I was nine years old. I was compulsively eating all the time. You know, I was really clever. I mean, I got into a, um, a private school where, with a full scholarship. So I had like a, a crazy IQ, you know, a high IQ. But m my own personal experience of life was kind of, was pretty outrageously painful and sort of, um, you know, on, on track for um, disaster, I guess. Do, do you have any siblings, any brother or sisters? Yeah, I had a, I had a younger brother who's two and a half years younger than me. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we grew up in the same environment, you know. But like, I guess that's how you when you talk about separate realities that we both sort of took a totally different route in life, you know. Exactly, and that's why I ask, you know, like, did he go through similar patterns or similar protection, you know, mechanism? Different, I think. He got more in. I mean, he channeled his energy in business and um, finances and you know and that became his thing so it was kind of like um different you know different ways of looking at it i guess just it's just all interpretation isn't it and and for sure know, the facts and, and the experience do you have uh any memories of you know like your mom using or you know like your stepdad if there was any you know like that that came into you know like your, your family picture and you know like do you remember like people having you know like a hard drink or was there any i hate to tell it that way but you know any role models in in the substance use yeah um when i first found drugs i mean it was with a group of older guys obviously um but like in my family there was no there was nothing no drug use not much alcohol use i mean um i mean i didn't eat i mean that's put possibly why I ended up finding heroin as a first drug. I mean, I didn't even smoke at that time, you know, it was kind of crazy how it happened. But I think in my family, there was just like my mum after she lost my dad, just um, lost herself in work, in business, you know, so she, she became somewhat of a uh, workaholic, I guess, just escape life in work, you know, and that's kind of, that's how it was. So I 
felt pretty much left to my own devices to find my own way in life, I guess. And the same thing for school, I guess, you know, like you, you, you just said that, you know, like you were, you were sent to special school, but you know, like eating enough on the f first few years of school, how was, you know, like, do you have any memories of, you know, like, you know, like you being either recluded or, you know, like, um, yeah. introvert or, you know, like, because my, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a bit floored by, you know, like something like that must create such an imprint in your emotional state, you know, like it, it even mm. both on, you know, like yourself, but you know, like the, you must kind of swallow pretty much everyone's emotion as a young child, you know, like, so, mm. um, do you have memories of, you know, like having hard time getting, getting friends or, you know, like all that stuff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was kind of like all leading up to when I, you know, when I first took drugs and found that very first escape, you know, it was like, um, like I said, I went to, um, to a private school, which was like, um, a, a highly prestigious, um, high, you know, like, um, one of the top schools. And I got, um, a full scholarship because, because my level of intelligence was so high, but three years, uh, and we didn't even, I mean, it's a school where you had to pay a lot of money, but I didn't have to pay because I, I achieved this level of that they wanted me in there. But three years after I got in there, I got kicked out because my behavior was outrageous. I mean, I remember, you know, like that I'd stolen money from home at about 13 and bought a motorcycle and gone to school with no helmet, you know, like on a motorcycle. I mean, this was back in what must have been the mid eighties. Um, you know, like gone to school, I went across golf courses and fields and uh, on back streets at six o'clock in the morning, you know, to school and then left this motorcycle at someone's house and uh, their parents went and told headmaster and i actually got the cane i mean they still had corporal punishment at school and then i actually got the cane and i got expelled from from school um so yeah i mean like friendships were were struggles you know getting along just i was just kind of quite outrageously out of control you know did you know like did your mom tried to intervene and you know like, and i mean by that you know like any counseling or you know like any therapy you know like to just help you cope with you know like that morning you know like that 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 grief i think that's the, that's that's the strange thing in my in my mind like in more recent years i mean in the uk we can apply for our medical records so i kind of got those records you know back from the mid 80s from the psychiatric services and i read all the psychiatric reports you know about me and there was no mention of grief You know, there was not one mention of grief. It was crazy, you know, that like that was never considered as what was going on. And um, it was all about, you know, how I was introverted and how I didn't fit in with society and how and dealing with my weight and, you know, and stuff like that. But everyone, that's a, every, that's everyone a bit just saw the up. symptom, you know. That's a bit fucked up, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it? It's just, you know, like, I mean, it, it, it just, you know, like it, it jumps in your face, you know, like that, that's pretty much the first thing you told me is, you know, like by yeah. talking about, you know, like your, your, your younger years is this happening and, you know, like the shock. I mean, it, there must be almost PTSD related to that, you know, like the, for me, you know, definitely that it's a traumatic event that must leave imprints of 
all kinds of emotion. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like for years, yeah. I mean, it, it impacted me for for many years, you know. And um, you know, I have a different understanding of it now. But but like for many years, you know, even in my reco- many years in my recovery as well, you know, it was kind of like I it was um, a deeply impacting experience for sure. I mean, it's definitely been a you know something that's been a big part of my life. How old were you when they sent you in 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 the psychiatric treatment? The first time, it's crazy. Nine years old, I was given antidepressants. I mean, it was like, and and like between the age of nine and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe fifteen. The last time, like they sent me to like young people's like special psychiatric units, like residential and outpatient, you know, different things like that. So, um. There's there's all sorts of crazy um, reports, you know, in the medical stuff that I got that I read about things that I did and stuff like that. So yeah, I was I was on track for, for it being being disastrous, you know, for sure. And um, when you start using Erin at fourteen, mm. there, you know, like, uh, well, if I if I look back at my my fourteen years old. Um, I, I didn't have the budget for any heavy drug use, you know, like that, that, that you yeah. know, like the, where did you find the funding and where did you find, you know, like the, the means to, cause mm-hmm. my guess is that like, even though literally a drug dealer will sell to anyone that has money in, in their pocket, but you know, obviously mm-hmm. seeing a youngster showing up, um, I would assume that, you know, like the, the you know, like you must be quite, um, dissuasive to you know like to actually <laughs> convince someone to you know get you Aaron yeah. um I when I'll, I f- when I first started I, I was mixing with an older group of guys you know who they and you know they never sort of sent me to buy it they always bought it you know um I, I was involved in crime you know committing crime long before I found drugs so I was like from a young young age you know like I was out I was stealing bikes or from cars or anything i you know like just because i was quite you know just really left to my own devices and always up to no good you know so it's kind of like when i found drugs and i and it got to the point where i needed money i mean i stole money from home a lot as well as you know when i was young and um any anything i could find that anyone left around um but sort of when it came to a point of like wanting drugs more regular yeah it was quite obvious for me just to commit crime because it was like something that i'd done you know before and my guess is that um someone that consumes heroin doesn't have a long drug addict um parkour um unless unless you 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 correct me wrong but you know like it's either jail or death pretty much no Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you don't see many old drug addicts, right? I mean, they're, 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 um, it's kind of like, um, I mean, it probably lasted about 10 years with me. I mean, I, I, I got clean when I was 23, you know, so it was like that it was 10 years of, of, I mean, mostly on, I had some periods where I didn't take heroin and I took party drugs for a while and tried to escape the scene, you know, and tried to, um, but mostly I was, committing crime and getting arrested and at times going to jail and um you know most of the time pretty down and out desperate living in you know ended up living in a homeless shelter um 
you know, with, uh, with nothing, you know, I lived in a car for a while. I lived in a caravan for a while, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, nobody held out much hope for me and I didn't hold out much hope for myself. Really. I had kind of resided to the, um, to the fact that this was just how it was, you know, and that, that, um, I was on, a, I was on a script, you know, a methadone script, um, in the end where you, you get, I mean, it's crazy when you go to the drug, services for help they give you more drugs you know it's kind of like yeah. to fix the drug problem um, how so did like, your mom dealt with that you know like because you know like it must be you know like smoking a joint or having a few beers you know like the the um, the ramp down or you know like the 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 downhill slope is pretty less it's you know like i guess tamer mm. than an Aryan user yeah. uh downhill slope right you know like so So my guess is that pretty soon, um, any of your relatives realizes that there's something wrong. How did your parent, your, your mom dealt with that? It was quite funny because like, I didn't, um, I, I was pretty much kicked out of home, you know, at that young age, you know, early, you know, my teenage years were 16, 17, I was gone from home. Um, and You know, when I did show up, I mean, in the end, I couldn't show up anymore. I was banned, you know, I just couldn't come round. you know, but like, um, in, in the earlier times, it was like, when I was, when I was strung out, they used to think I was high. And when I was high, they used to think I was strung out. They, they got it completely, you know, the opposite way around. Because um, they didn't know about it. Well, uh, eventually they knew, you know, for sure. I guess they knew, but didn't say anything about it. You know, it's kind of like, oh, they always hope for the best. But like, it was never like a big point of discussion. You know, it was just kind of like that, um, you know, it wasn't really something that we talked about. But I think my brother said that to me, you know, more that it was kind of like he never knew the difference. You know, like when I was, when I was high or when I was, when I was strung out wanting something, he got the two completely mixed up, you know. Wow. And, um, when do you, do you have any memories of like the first seed of waking up either hungover, um, or, or whatever. And, and the, the first seed of that can't be my life. Yeah. Uh, I had, I mean, it was weird because like, like I said, I had that like resignation to like, this was how life was. It was kind of like, I thought, God, every day I'm going to get up and take, um, you know, methadone medication and, and that's it, you know, but I, but I also like had that, um, at times, you know, I had that, there's got to be more, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be something different. You know, it's kind of like, you know, is this just a phase? Will it pass? You know, you know, it was kind of like, that just that wisdom, you know, that, that we all have, you know, questioning the reality that I lived in, you know, it's kind of a time, but it was just so overwhelming and so sort of, um, as it is insidious, you know, like, um, you know, struggling with, with, with and messing with drugs and living in those circles that it was like few and far between, but it was there for sure. You know, I, I definitely had that question. Do you, do you remember when it started, you know, like that, that you could picture yourself, Um, any other way than, you know, like pretty much the hell you lived in? Um, I couldn't put a, a time on it specifically, but I, I think when, when it had got, you know, when things were pretty grim, you know, when it was quite obvious that like I was kind of hanging out in a flat with a mattress on the floor, you know, in an apartment with a mattress on the floor and, and like 
a few other guys and we were all kind of conspiring as to how we could commit crime to make money you know it was kind of like you know when you when you look around and you're in that environment you know you kind of think to yourself fuck you know is this it you know it's kind of like you know is this what life's come to you know and um you mentioned party drugs which was kind of your uh you taking it easy what, what drugs are you relating to yeah like those that That one particular year was like a year of um, ecstasy and um, and um, acid, you know, and amphetamines, you know, like in, in okay. crazy ways. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure, you know, because this was pretty much you slowing down when you used that. Yeah, that was that was crazy, wasn't it? Like just swapping one drug <laughs> for another, thinking that somehow the social acceptability of party drugs and, and, you know, and the fact that it involved people, whereas heroin was very isolated, you know, it's kind of like seemed to be a more, um, you know, an okay thing to do. I mean, it was just a, it was just a, 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 another escape in, in, a, in another different direction, I guess. And, you know, like you, you, you said you had, um, issues with your relation to food. Can you elaborate mm -hmm. a bit on that? Yeah. Um, Like ever since my dad died, you know, it was kind of like it was, you know, I can remember that as as um, getting excited when 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 I knew I could steal food, and there was always an argument in our house as a as a young kid, you know, like who's stolen the food, who's eaten this, who's eaten that, and um, you know, and even when I when I used to go out, I used to have this ritual of committing crime and then going to buy drugs and then going back to wherever I was, whether it was a bed set or a flat or a caravan or a car, wherever I was living, you know. And then it was kind of like I'd get I'd get high and then I would go out and steal food, you know. And it was kind of like, and I remember, you know, like that every when I went to jail, you know, people would say to me, "You can't be a heroin addict. You're too fat." You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like because I would always have this thing with food where, you know, I just had this emptiness inside of me where I was always wanting to put something in there to, to escape from life, you know. And did, did your, your kind of the, the, um, your, your, like your, your toxic relation to food, mm. did it, did it resolve by you getting sober? Or you had to eventually work that out as well. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I like. I mean, it's after I got um, sober, you know, originally, which was twenty five years ago this week, actually. Um, congrats, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, my food got worse. It got progressively worse, you know, and and it's kind of like I gained like. Um, I guess you measure in pounds, right? I mean, I, I gained like a hundred pounds in eight weeks, you know, of like food stuffing my face with food and like in, in treatment in rehab. And, um, I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of weight that I gained. I just could not stop binge eating constantly. And, um, and then I spent many years, um, suffering. Like I was, I was in this, I mean, I stopped taking drugs, but like, you know, really, I didn't really have a good, understanding of who I was or what recovery was. I mean, I was clean, but I was still really struggling. I was still that same young boy who lost his dad and sort of had stopped taking drugs and was left with, was left with himself, you know? So 
I was kind of trying to medicate that through food and then obsessive relationships and then the gym and then food, you know, then relationships. And I was in this vicious cycle of, of being abstinent, you know, and even to the point of being involved in crime, you know, in recovery, you know, it was kind of like, it was, it was crazy, really. I mean, it was, I, I just wasn't ready to really surrender, you know, and have a look at the truth of who I was. And back then, you know, back in, that was in the, in the early nineties when I got clean, you know, it was, um, recovery movement, I guess you might call it, or the, the amount of re different types of recovery and, you know, like the, the actual pro recovery, you know, that's kind of like quite, you know, that's around today is, was very different that it was more like in dark church halls on, 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 you know, on quiet streets where no one talked about it, you know, and, and there was no internet. So it was, um, you know, it was a different experience to what it is now. I'm not blaming that. I'm not saying that that was the reason, but like, you know, it was just very different to what it is today. And how so, you know, like you, you, people wouldn't, you know, like, uh, see that as an addiction or, you know, like, is that it? You know, what you mean the food? Yeah, the food. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely an addiction. It was kind of like, I mean, oh, I for sure. But I, I mean, people outside of, you know, like around you yeah. did, you know, like did, did, did you have, you know, any help in identifying this as kind of a, like your next source of addiction or your next addiction pretty much? I mean, one of the things I always say is, is, is that, Like as a child, you know, the fact that I got left to my own devices made me really self-sufficient. And it's kind of like, I'm really sort of that I, I, I was, and that was my, a good thing. And it was also my downfall, you know, in that, like, you know, I never wanted to ask for help and it was like, and I always wanted to work things out on my own. And, and, and although I got to that breaking point with drugs and alcohol where I stopped and I had to go, okay, you know, like I need help. What that carried into my recovery, whereas everything that I struggled or suffered with, I didn't want to tell people about. I wanted to find a way to work it out. So, like, yeah, I mean, I went to away. I, I did different 12 step fellowships and things for food, and I tried all sorts of crazy ideas, and I was always on diets and off diets. But, you know, I, I think the other thing is, is that when you're in drugs and alcohol recovery, people, a lot of people transfer addictions from drugs and alcohol to food. You know, I've seen that in, in my working as a practitioner, you know, and it's like, um, and it's almost like laughed off as insignificant, you know, but for me, it was really painful, you know, and, and, um, I, I don't laugh it off. I think it's quite, it's, it's serious, you know, and, um, it can and, become and deadly. You, yeah. you can actually kill yourself with food. Absolutely. You know, like there's no yeah. doubt in my mind, you know, like, no. um, yeah. The, can you walk me through pretty much you know, like the last days before you took the decision to actually stop using for good? Yeah. Um, I think like the start of that process was I was in jail and um, I wrote a letter, you know, like saying to my brother, just saying that, look, I, I really want to stop, but I know that I can't and I, and I don't know what to do. And um, I mean, that didn't really go anywhere, but like I can remember that, that, you know, that request really, that sort of wanting it to be different. And, um, and every time I came out of jail, I mean, I would be convinced that I was only going to use once, you know, it was kind of like that I was just going to do the one and then I was going to get my life together and I was going to get a job and everything was going to be okay. And it was like, you know, I'd come out of jail and I was in a homeless hostel, you know, and it was like, um, my brother actually came to me and said, look, you know, 
we're going to have to do something about this. And he actually told the hostel, I remember, because it was funny, it was a homeless hostel and you weren't allowed to use alcohol or drugs. I mean, that was the crazy thing that everyone in there used alcohol or drugs. And, um, <laughs> and you know, he said, like, we're going to try and get you into a treatment center. And, um, I mean, the government partly funded it, but, like, they needed some funding from family. And they went off and asked my mom, and my mom agreed to pay for some of it. And it was like that opportunity sort of all came together, you know, and it was kind of like I was like, and the only reason I went there was because I was deluded, you know. I just kind of thought that, oh, well, I will just go and lay in bed with a PlayStation and someone will feed me pills and I'll feel better <laughs> and everything will be wonderful because I really only saw addiction as a physical issue at that time. You know, I didn't really understand the depths of it. And how did it go? You know, like the, the, the cause I, first step is probably, you know, like I, I, my guess is it's the pretty much the most important one. And I mean by that, by, by fraternity standard, you know, like the first step is to actually admit that, you know, like you're just powerless over that substance, you know, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, how did, yeah. you know, like the process of, you know, like, um, the, even that, that, that place went. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's a pretty big shock, you know, like going into rehab with other people and they've had some experience of a recovery program, you know, and it's kind of like that. I hadn't thought about alcohol. I hadn't, I mean, I thought, you know, I just thought I had a heroin problem. And like, once I stopped that everything, you know, was physically, the drug was physically removed from me, then I'd be okay. But it was like, um, pretty quickly you know it came to my attention through people and through that that it was like oh this was about abstinence from all drugs you know and it was like i was actually okay with that you know it was kind of like i actually thought it didn't really it didn't really bother me in so much you know it's like i really had had enough you know i was i was you know what we call sick and tired of being sick and tired you know i was i was well and truly um done with that life of going to jail and shoplifting and trying to get money and living on the streets and i mean it was like i i turned up there with a black bag i mean a bin liner that's all i had you know it's kind of like to my name no one wanted to know me so so any life you know was better than the one i had for sure and um How long is the process of getting yourself, you know, like the drugs out of your system when it's heroin? Um, I mean, that's a long 25 years ago, so yeah. it's kind of like big change. But like, um, I can't remember. It's like a, a few weeks of um, the, of, a, of a particular type of detox. I mean, every rehabilitation center uses different medications, but um, the type of detox it was at the time was it was um, clonidin. It was called and. Um, It was, I remember, it was kind of strange, you know, but they they um, they just monitor you and, you know, and, and over the time, you know, you sleep a lot and, um, you know, and sort of go through that shitty period of feeling really, feeling really sick, you know, and it's kind of like, and, and getting no sleep, you know, and then eventually, you know, a, a typical opiate withdrawal, but, um, you know, slowly but surely you start to get little bits of sleep and, and, and through the process, you know, I guess it lasts a few weeks. And... Any vivid memories of, you know, like the first, the first few, um, realities of, you know, like through sober living outside of, you know, like just stop using that hit you? Um, I mean, I can remember like, um, 
can remember my uh, when I first went to a to a to a twelve step meeting. You know that um, it, I was about seven days, you know, free of drugs, and they sent me out to a meeting from the rehab. And um, you know, I remember like because I was I'd got so caught up in in drugs and and crime and life that it was like I'd not grown emotionally since you know since forever, and and. I didn't really have a concept of emotions, you know, it's kind of like what I knew was, um, you know, happy and sad or good and bad, you know, that was about the limitation of my understanding. And, and, um, I remember going to a meeting and walking away and having an experience of hope, you know, and just thinking for the first time, like that I could remember that, Oh, maybe there's another life. Maybe there is something different to, to the way I've been living. Cause I remember that guy talking, you know, and it was like, and he sounded just like me, you know, and, um, that's mu- that must be heartwarming, no? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what hope was. I mean, it was kind of like, I don't remember ever having any, you know? So it was kind of like, I remember that quite vividly, you know? I've just seen thinking, you know, that there could be something different here for me, you know? And how did these first few months went? Um, I mean, crazy with food, you know, like crazy with food. I mean, I spent quite a long time in rehab, but when I came out of rehab, um, I had this real, um, this real, um, what would you call it? Fear, you know, I guess fear of life, you know, and of like, of relapse and, um, had this, <laughs> this real crazy level of honesty where I'd kind of told lies my whole life, but I was really honest. So like when I went to get a flat, I told them that I was a drug addict and I'd just been to rehab and I was, but everything was okay now. And when I went to get my driving license back, I ticked the box that said, you know, because I lost my license through stealing cars and driving, you know, and stuff like that, crazy driving and shit. But like, I remember ticking the box saying, yes, I'd had a drug addiction and I had to go to like 10 different medicals just to prove I was clean. And, you know, I was like, I had this crazy level of honesty where I was just fearful of, of relapse, you know, and I just wanted to continue living this life without, you know, that was, that was a little bit freer than, than what it had been, you know? And, and, you know, like I have to admit myself that even 14 years and more mm. in, I, I still fear relapse. Mm. You know, like I, you know, like I, I, I see this as a, as a powerful, insidious, sleeping beast that you know like that just sits pretty much right next to me even though you know like sometimes it it may it may sit further than where i'm i'm sitting yeah. but you know like for me you know like I, i i i still consider myself as close to a relapse that than anyone else you know like there there's you know like there's my wife is not an addict you know like there's alcohol in my in my fridge you know like there's um It, it could happen anytime, you know, like that. So if I'm not wary of, you know, like where I'm emotionally positioned, mm. um, I'm fucked, mm. <laughs> you know, like, so it must be the same thing about, you know, like even in je- for me, food addiction is pretty much the crazier one because you can't get rid of food in your life. You know, like you definitely can't get rid of heroin and drugs and alcohol, but you need food to live. Yeah. You know, um, I think like that, 
um, what you were saying, you know, it's kind of like, I used to feel like that as well. And, 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 and I can see why, but it's kind of like, it's never been about substance. It's always been about state of mind, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, when, while I live in a more peaceful state of mind, while I live at a different level of consciousness, you know, when I, when I, while I see the, you know, the, illusionary nature of how my reality is created you know it's kind of like well I, I see that not my problems are not really my problems anymore it's kind of like i i just see life really differently so while i live at a different in a different state of mind you know i'm not fearful of of that anymore because it doesn't seem like we did it. you're absolutely right jason you know like and i'm and i would push that reflection even more mm. so uh i've had the talk with some some friends um a few weeks ago about you know like um everyone asked for whatever you know whatever drink you know like for example a mojito mm. and i asked for mine without alcohol yeah. in and the, the barman by mistakes you know i put that little pink umbrellas and you know like i should have the blue one and you know like he he forgot and put the blue one he puts alcohol mm. in and you know like i took the sip and spit it back yeah. you know like so um so that, you know, like the first thinking was like, oh shit, you know, like, and, and I remember calling my sponsor and, and, you know, like, it's pretty much about the state of mind, you know, like, so did you enjoy taking that, that wrongful sip? You know, like, did you, did you feel like not telling your wife or the people around you that you took one that had alcohol mm -hmm. in? Did, you know, like, so you're absolutely right. You know, like, I, I'm not worried as, um, as being anxious of relapsing mm. because I know that my, you know, like I, I think my state of mind is pretty set right now, you know, like that, that I'm in, I'm in pretty decent, good mood right now. But, um, what I mean by that is, um, even with food talking about that state of mind, it must be about always thinking about, you know, like, okay, am I, you know, like, am I losing it quote unquote, or am I, in a good place right now? I think for a long time, my recovery was what I would call volatile, you know, like as in my feeling state, you know, whether that be good feeling, bad feeling, you know, like angry, sad, resentful, whatever it was, you know, was like, seemed like it was somewhat out of my control. You know, it was kind of like, I, I, I had feelings of joy and peace, but they were, it looked like they were, um, only happened sporadically or at some particular time, like I couldn't experience them through choice, you know, and, 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 and my life looks completely different. Like the food and the drugs and alcohol in the same way are only ever a symptom. So it's kind of like, it only seems like a good idea for me to compulsively eat, you know, or, you know, I might want to compulsively eat subconsciously out of conscious awareness when, you know, I'm in that place of, you know, where life doesn't look so good. but the difference is today is that like, you know, I'm, I'm completely free of that. You know, I'm, I'm at peace, you know, most of the time. And it's kind of like, it no longer looks like something difficult or something that I have to attain or achieve, you know, it, what, what changed for me, you know, was like many years in, in the recovery circles. What changed for me was I woke up to the realization of how all, all what I thought were my problems were created, you know, through, through thought. I had a big realization that, you know, nothing was actually wrong. And I just thought it was, you know, and, and how thought creates reality. So I just saw, I just saw life completely differently. It just went from being 
something that I had to manage, like my recovery. You know, I don't have to manage it anymore. It looked like I had to go to meetings in order to be okay. I, I don't need to go to meetings to go to, to be okay. I'm already okay. You know, it's kind of like I just have a completely different perspective of it. I'm no longer fearful of using drugs or relapsing because I live in a in a joyful, fear, content, secure feeling state. You know, most of the time, and it's like. It never seems like a good idea to use drugs. You know, it's kind of like, I know what happens when I do. So it's kind of like, it's never going to look appealing to me. It's the same way, like, um, you know, if you think about medication, you know, it's kind of like, like, like medication for, let, let's take everyday medication for a cold. You know, it's kind of like, if you're feeling really good, right? And, and, and like, and I say, hey, let's take some of this um, day nurse. You know, it's kind of like within half an hour, you're going to feel like shit, right? It's kind of like, you're going to feel horrible. You know, it's kind of like, Absolutely. so like when you yeah. feel good, taking medication is going to make you feel worse, but it's kind of like, but if you're feeling a bit shitty and you've got a bit of a cold and I say, Hey, let's take this, um, Danish, you're going to feel better. You know, it's kind of like, my life's good already. You know, it just seems like a crazy thing to do, you know, like to ever think of medicating myself, you know? And can you tell me a bit about, you know, like your, your sober life, you know, like from, from the point that you pretty much, you know, like, um, you know, like stabilized or, you know, like whatever you call it. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a bit yeah. about this? I mean, I went to meetings for many years, you know, more than 20, but like, um, but I, I don't go anymore because I just don't see that. Um, I don't see that I'm an addict. I don't see that I have um, a, a disease or anything, you know, I'm actually okay. You know, and it's kind of like, that was my big awakening. While, while I went to meetings, I think that the limitation of my, of my mind was the limitation of the group, you know, and it was kind of like, I just saw that I was a lot more than that. You know, I woke up to the truth uh, of who I was, you know, it was that we're all created by the same energy. You know, we're all, we've all got a higher power within us. You know, if you call it a higher power or wisdom or mind or whatever you call it, you know, it's kind of like, I woke up to that as the truth. And I, and I realized that I'm not all these problems. I'm not all these things. I, I don't need money i don't need relationships i don't need weight loss in order to be okay you know it's kind of like uh, it was a big thing about realizing that there's no destination in life you know it was kind of like that i always it always looked to me like there was somewhere to get to you know in order to be okay and and what i woke up to was that the, the only destination there is is right now this moment you know it's kind of like that's it that is the destination in life because life is only happening now you know the past doesn't exist that's why I got a different relationship with my childhood about my dad and stuff like the past doesn't exist anymore. You know, the future doesn't exist. It's only brought to life through thought in the moment. So it's kind of like every time I step out of now, I step into the past or the future. I step into my thinking about the past or the future and I create problems and I create pain about the past and I create anxiety about the future. So you know, my recovery was a long journey of struggling with different addictions, you know, while, while staying, you know, clean, you know, total abstinence from drugs and alcohol, but struggling with everything else till the, till the point when, you know, at some point after 20 years, when I just woke up to the true nature of who I was, where I realized, oh, you know, like everything is okay. There's, there's nothing to do. And when I don't think about the past, when I don't get caught up in my thinking about the future, when I don't think there's anywhere to be other than here, everything's always okay. Everything's always been okay. And I thought it hasn't, you know, it's kind of like, that's, that's the, that's the crazy mind that, that we have, you know? And can you tell me about 
you know, like the, the, how are you feeling right now? You know, like what's, what's been, you know, like what's been up in your, you know, like the, the, the past few years. And the past few years has been this understanding what I have now. I mean, it's kind of like, but you know, I, I had, um, small periods of joy and happiness, contentment. Usually when I, when I got something, you know, when I got a new relationship or when I'd lost weight or when I got a new job or something, you know, it was always, I got a new house or whatever it was, you know, when my kids were born, um, you know, it always, it always was around things or situations. And it's like the difference for me in the last few years has been like that, you know, there's no destination. I started living life in the now and it's kind of like, and like everything has changed unrecognizably, like relationships. I mean, I had to drop a lot of relationships and I got new ones and, um, you know, my role as a parent, you know, changed completely, you know, how calm and, and present I am with my kids. Um, the, the, you know, the creative force that, 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 um, passes through me, you know, I'm creating all sorts of things because I don't need to anymore. I'm already okay. Before it was like a need, like I have to do this stuff. You know, it was like, well, I'd want to get up at 6am. I'd want to work more. I'd want to work late. I'd want to create new things. Cause I had this need for more money. I had this need for more status. I had this need for more recognition, but it's like, I don't have that anymore. I'm already okay. And, and when I'm creating and being in life from that place of being okay, everything is effortless. You know, relation, showing up and being present in relationships is effortless. You know, being, being a present father is effortless. You know, being a great friend is effortless, you know, because it's like, because that's all there is, you know, in life, there's nowhere else to be. So that's been my big thing over the last few years that, you know, my recovery has gone from a, from a, recovery management process where I had to participate heavily in, you know, practices, you know, like meditation and meetings and recovery service and all these things to the point where, you know, I, I'm, I'm much more present in my life. And it's like, I don't, I'm not scared of anything. And I, I know that I'm okay. And I know who I am and I don't need to do those things to be okay anymore because I'm already okay. Jason, I have to thank you for your time. You know, like it's been, you know, like an awesome time that I spent with you. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? Um, you know, like I, you said that you were um, working in, in the field of addiction, right? Yeah. Well, I've got my coaching business, which is wideworldcoaching.com. Um, that's my personal coaching. Um, you know, and, and I'm just created a, a residential treatment program. Hopefully I'm going to start delivering in residential treatment soon. So yeah, I work with people with addictions, but I work with people who struggle with anxiety, depression, mental health stuff, you know, and, and, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I do really. I've got my own podcast, which is misunderstandings of the mind, which is all about, um, typical common misunderstandings across all different types of mental health and, you know, anything really where there seems to be a misunderstanding. So yeah, I, I like doing my, doing my stuff and I like connecting with people. Thanks a million times, Jason. It was, uh, it was super appreciated of you to accept that invitation and, uh, no, you know, like, uh, you know, like you. I'm going to put the full description of every links that you mentioned, uh, in, in the description yeah. of the podcast episode. And, uh, Again, uh, I humbly thank you for, for your time, Jason. All no right. No problem. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.